This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Hey listeners, I'm Vanessa, the host of the Unseminary Podcast, where we talk about the stuff you wish they taught in seminary. I'm joined by the founder of Unseminary, Rich Birch. Hey Rich, how are you? Doing really well, excited for today. I've got a Disney World reference, I've got a Walmart reference, uh, and we're talking about parking lots, so excited The only thing today. that would make this... The only thing that would make this better is if we were talking about Costco with Disney and Walmart. <laughs> That's true. That is true. We uh, Costco is great. I could actually use Costco in this example. You can swap out anytime. I, dear listeners, as we're listening in and we talk about Walmart today, you can swap in Costco uh, that because it would j- apply just as well. Today's possibly uh, <laughs> any, possibly any other parking lot that drives you bananas. Yes, is that fair to say? Exactly, exactly. So today's article is called Five Ways to Improve Your Church Parking Without Breaking the Bank. Um, you know, about a week ago, or I guess it was maybe two weeks ago now, I sent out an email to some friends at church leaders and with just a really simple question. The question was this: it says, What's the biggest facility lid, quote unquote, that's holding you back? Uh, and so, you know what? I was surprised. I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but but parking was really one of two major things that kept coming back time and again. People just were, you know, there was some serious hate on their parking. <laughs> you know, not enough parking. You know, the you know one person was like, uh, yeah, we've got enough, not enough parking, and it's on unpaved ground. And so, when it rains, it gets soggy, and people sink into the ground. You know, I've got people talking about how, um, you know, their parking lot gets full when their auditorium is like 65 to 70% full. Um, you know, it comes back to this <laughs> all the time. Exactly. So, you know, parking is just consistent. And so I know uh, you do uh, driving, you're a mom, you're in and out of places. What is your, what's a feature of a great parking lot and then a terrible parking lot for you? Um, a great parking lot is where people don't park so close to your car that you have to door ding them to get your children into their seat. Um And and in the great white north, that is a very frustrating thing in the winter because you can't see the lines. So people make the lines up. Um, But a great parking lot is where this um, I will give it to Costco that I like the size of their spots. And I like when there's a lot of corrals around where I don't have to be petrified of leaving my kids in the car and being judged to take my cart back. Because it's like, what do you do? Oh, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, so yeah, totally. that's sort of my my piece on it. Yeah, that's good. The um, You know, I, there's a lot of great parking lots out there. I know – actually, I, I do think Costco does a good job on their parking lots. They, You know what I love are those parking lots where they don't just have the lines, but they have like – it's like the loops, you know, where they have – they're, they're making extra space between all the cars – by not just having, um, you know, just kind of a single line, but they're actually kind of trying to spread you out. Um, mm. one, of the, one of the things that, um, and there's the links are in the article if you want to check these out. You know, the parking lot is a, it's really, uh, we talk about this at the beginning article, we talk about it's the very first of your first impressions. It's literally the thing that people see when they first get to your church. It's super it's important, but you know, a lot of churches, and we'll get into more detail as we go in, but a lot of churches have actually underbuilt their parking lots. Um, there's, there's two links in here I'd love for you to check out. One is to check out the amount of parking at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom in relation to the actual theme park. So um, 
you can see a kind of satellite shot there. And what you see is there's actually more parking uh, or more space allocated to the parking lot than the, than the entire theme park. Um, you know, or another one, another example of that would be Walmart. So lots of times, if you look at any Walmart I mean, your local Walmart or your local Costco would be the same. Uh, they have, uh, as much space, typically as much space associated with parking as they do with, uh, their store. They've got a ton of parking. Uh, and so I think you and I, we need to be thinking about parking issues. I know that there's church leaders out there that are wrestling with parking, parking issues. They're trying to figure out what to do. They want to improve them, but frankly, it's expensive to build. So we've got five ways to improve your parking, uh, in today's article. Fantastic. Well, before we dive into this week's article, Rich, we have a sponsor. Tell me who is sponsoring our podcast today. Yeah, great, great question. Super excited for today's sponsor. We have got uh, our friends over to HarperCollins and their book by Tim Lucas, friend of mine, guy I used to work for called Liquid Church. Uh, this book is an incredible book. It came out last year and it really, this would be a perfect resource for you if you're looking at some kind of training stuff at your church this year. I know at this time of year, as we kind of get rolling into the new year, you may be looking for a resource to help your people, your, your staff, your elders, uh, even leaders at your church to to think differently and I would strongly suggest this book. In fact, there's one chapter in this book that I think is worth the entire uh, entry. I think it's chapter five. It's on a chapter on preaching, uh, really on communication. And it's an incredible, uh, really dives deep into um, how uh, Tim does communication at Liquid Church specifically, but then also looks at, um, you know, kind of some leading churches. One of the things I love about this book, although it kind of is based around the good things that have been going on at Liquid Church in New Jersey, Tim actually uh, talks through uh, 30 other other churches across the country that are applying similar lessons. And if you go to liquidchurchbook.com today, you can actually pick up a free bonus content. So there's actually a 52 page small group guides. It's just given to you. There's videos, all kinds of content. And there's another ebook on there just for, you know, just to go there and download. So again, that's liquidchurchbook.com uh, to learn more, pick that up. And again, we thank our good friends at HarperCollins uh, and thank Tim and Warren for their amazing book, Liquid Church. Fantastic. All right, let's jump into today's article. Our first point is get clarity on the issue. Yeah, when was the last time you saw your parking lot on game day as a church leader? You know, most church leaders arrive before the majority of the people get to church uh, and are gone long after the crowds have exited. This fact can give you and me a skewed sense of what's actually happening in your parking lot. Because when, frankly, when you get there, there's nobody there. There's very few cars in the parking lot. You need clarity on what happens in your parking lot during any given week. Now, this is really the, the reason why a lot of churches struggle with parking. It goes way back to when your building was built. So zoning requirements in most towns are woefully under, um, you know, under, you know, developed for kind of modern church buildings. So a lot of times it's something like a four to one ratio. So you'll, you'll need one parking spot for every four people in the main uh, kind of auditorium or your main sanctuary, the main gathering space. But time I mean, again, we've actually seen the rule of thumb I've seen is that you actually need one spot for every two people, meaning that mo a lot of churches are out there are, are dealing with pinched parking right from the beginning. And plus, the other piece of the puzzle is 
uh, when you're building a building, frankly, you're, you, you've got a fixed piece of dirt that you're trying to build on. And there becomes this question around how many parking spaces do we want versus how many seats in the main auditorium and, and, and churches underbuild parking. So we need to get clarity on exactly what is happening, uh, you know, in your, in your parking. And so there's three things I suggest in this article. The first is actually get out and greet some guests. If you spend a few weekends, uh, some time on a few weekends, I didn't realize you may not be do this. You may be, you know, an executive or maybe a lead pastor or someone's teaching. You may not actually get out and be able to do this, but I would challenge you to find someone who could do this. You'll actually pick up uh, what's happening and, and potential spots for improvement. Uh, actually just being out in the auditorium, uh, out in your, not auditorium, out in your parking lot can give you a clarity on, um, you know, on what's going on and give you a better sense. Even just intuitively, people will even tell you when you're standing out there like, man, I wish this was better. I wish this was easier. Another thing you could do is actually mount a small video camera, like a GoPro uh, on the roof of your building and record your parking lot. I bet you your youth pastor would love to do this because, you know, they love climbing <laughs> up on the roof. Uh, you'd be amazed how a time-lapse video quickly identifies problem spots in the operation of your parking lot. In fact, uh, I know a, a, a guy who, who helps with this kind of stuff for a living, and this is actually one of the core tools that they use. Uh, and actually, very quickly, you can get a sense of what's going on. And then finally, data. Um, you need to get a good sense of measurable data of how your parking lot is being used. What is the ratio of vehicles to actual attendance? So if you have a 500-seat auditorium, how many cars uh, actually come on a Sunday morning? Is it 200, 300, 400? What does that look like? You'll need those numbers as you go forward. And so, again, you may not want to be the person that's counting those cars. This, you know, this could be kind of work you put on a list for an intern for this coming summer. Uh, you know, this, this, but get actually gaining this data, measurable, particularly ratios, is important as we look to try to improve our parking spaces, our parking lots at our churches. This next point is my favorite. Get team members out there every week. Okay, so on the fa- uh, on the fastest and well, probably one of the most fastest and most effective ways you could improve your guest parking lot experience is to build a volunteer volunteer team to make it better. So actually getting people out into uh, the, the parking lot. Now I know, you know, I'd be amazed actually how many churches resist doing this or do, aren't doing this. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'll visit a church or, um, even just, you know, drive around on a Sunday morning and you'll see churches where they don't have people out there. Um, and so really one of the quickest ways that every church that's listening in, you know, really should be doing to get a better parking lot experience is frankly, to start a parking team. There's really two things I think you want to focus on. One is you want to focus on your team on getting a, a faster experience. And the second one, is a funner experience. Now, I know funner is not a real word, uh, but to try to keep it clear for the parking lot teams, that's what we're looking for. Faster, funner. How are we going to do those two things? And so i uh, give you some examples in here. So three ways to, uh, that you can make your parking lot faster. One is frankly giving direction, giving people a clear path where to go. So uh, what you're trying to do is actually remove bottlenecks and remove people from thinking about it. You don't want people thinking, where should I go? Literally be directing them. So, um, you know, I've been to churches where they have parking lot teams, but all those people are doing is standing in the parking lot waving at people. That is not helpful. What you want to do is actually um, move them through, move them to where you want them to go. Load balancing is another thing you can do. So uh, you know, there are probably parts of your parking lot that if you, um, that you should be, you know, loading first. So you want to be kind of moving everybody to one section and then filling up that section and then another section, another section, you know, section ABC, that sort of thing. Load balancing will help move people in faster uh, and will help people move out, uh, uh, will be able to load in faster and then actually load out faster as well, uh, particularly when it comes to kids. So you want to load people with kids, which is a whole other conversation, uh, closer to the building, make it easier for them. 
And then finally, fine tuning. Over time, what you'll notice is there are people or there are spots in your uh, parking lot that frankly are hard to get into. It could be that there's like a weird bush around it, or it could be that there's a curb that gets people freaked out. And so, you know, when you go to load people into those sections, having someone there to help people do the kind of final navigation uh, can be important for them. So fine tuning. And then a couple ways to make it more fun. And Vanessa, I would love for you to, to say, what are some ways you think we could be more fun? Because you're fun. Uh, one Aww. is just <laughs> is, uh, is to provide some, you know, some extra help, empower your team members to give extra help to people in their cars, particularly as they get out of the cars, whether it's single parents or parents traveling by themselves, the elderly. Um, if you, you know, your team can provide a fun experience uh, by actually just helping people who need a little extra hand getting out of their cars, getting into your auditorium music. Uh, what if your team set up speakers and had high energy music playing as people got out of their cars? This communicates joy and builds anticipation for what's about to happen. And then finally, I really do think that high, excuse me, high fives and big waves are go a long way. So I know earlier I made fun of people who just stand in the parking lot and wave. I do think those people do have <laughs> real value. Uh, but you'd be amazed at how uh, a, you know a great big high five or a goofy wave to kids in the backseat of a van go towards making a fun parking lot experience. So funner, faster, get team members out into uh, the parking lot. It's an important piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. I think something that I really love to see too, and, and it goes really well on social as well, is having people in your parking lot when it's raining and with umbrellas mm. to help you get in. Nobody wants to get soaked when they're coming into church in the morning. So true. Yeah. So Absolutely. just to like add that into the extra help. I mean, it is as a, as a mom who sometimes is single coming into church on a Sunday, it is a game changer. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Another in that kind of the, the, like the umbrellas, um, and this is a tip long ways away. We're far from Christmas Eve, but a lot of times we don't think about the fact that you know, we're loading our parking lots at night for Christmas Eve or, or when it's darker. And so even at those times of year, make sure you get those uh, flashlights that people can see kind of like at the airport, um, you know, that when they're, they're guiding people in uh, to give a little extra, you know, visual help for people as they load into the service. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about increasing the signage. Yeah. After your team has been in the parking lot for several weeks, it will become apparent where they could use some signage to help guests. And so, uh, you know, really, uh, I think there, most churches don't have enough signage in general. We don't have enough signage in the parking lots specifically. Um, and so I rattled off a couple examples of ways, but, but you know, your team will come up with lots of great examples. So uh, really simple welcome and thank you A-frames. So um, you know, as people arrive, you know, something that just says welcome on the one side, but then on the other side it says you know, thanks for coming or see you next week. Um, you know, that sort of thing. A simple A-frame signs, I provide a link to Sinicade. They are the best A-frame people out there. Uh, you know, and they, they're relatively simple to print and, and pretty cheap to do as well. So, you know, simple A-frame signs that welcome guests as they come and go can, be, can go a long way. Feather flags, uh, they can add real energy to a parking lot. So either on that uh, kind of at the entrance as people come in is a good way or like as they actually drive into your property or at the entrance of your building, uh, they, those add some great kind of pop to a building. And the good thing on um, sign ordinances in lots of communities actually are pretty liberal on flags. And so you can usually have a lot more flags and you can have signs. You want to check on that. New here parking. So if you, if you are going to designate an area for new here parking, um, you know, some churches will do this where they'll say, put on your, your blinkers and we'll, um, or your four ways or whatever you call them. And we will direct you to new here parking. Um, so that's another area parking with, uh, parents with kids parking, 
So same kind of thing. Put your blinkers on if you've got parking with kids. You probably couldn't do both of those, obviously, but you know you could put your <laughs> blinkers on, and we will uh, directly to the kids' parking lot area, that whatever's closest to the building uh, or or closest to the entrance. You know, in some church buildings or in a lot of ch- uh, church buildings, there's like the side entrance that's a little bit easier to get kids in and out of. So you know, pointing people towards there, even just walk this way signs that point people towards where to head once they get out of their car. If it's not obvious, um, you know, you want to go out of your way to do that. Absolutely. Okay. Multiply services. All right. So this, I think that your parking lot, um, filling up percentage could be one of the overlooked reasons that your church should be launching a new service that frankly, as a church leader, you're not seeing. So we know if you're, you know, in the main auditorium and that gets full, that usually what happens is church leaders push towards, Hey, we gotta, we gotta open up because they see those seats or, or maybe they hear from the children's workers, you know, who are turning people away in those rooms. But however, parking is one of those really areas that gets noticed last. So you want to count the number of people. And from my point of view, uh, when your parking lot gets more than 70% full, that is just a rule of thumb. If it gets more than 70% full, then you need to think about starting another service or doing something to address your parking issues. If you don't have empty spaces in your parking lot, it's time to launch more service. Uh, the multiplication work that's required to launch another service will help your church long term. Uh, you might want to think about this. There's a church in town, a friend of mine's pastor, and every time, just because of the way our services work on Sunday mornings, I end up driving by often uh, while, when they're in, and their parking lot is packed. It I'm is like, packed. why have they have not done multiple services? That they have just one service on a Sunday morning? I think they're missing out. A, a full parking lot, although that communicates to people, hey, it's great, there's a lot of people here, it doesn't communicate welcome. It doesn't say, hey, here's a spot for me. Again, think about going to Walmart on Christmas Eve, you know, you're, you know, three days before Christmas, you know, it's packed all the way out to those ones way out far by the road. You don't want to be, you don't want to go, you'll say like, I'm not going to go. If your church is doing that every week to its guests, that's a problem. Uh, So, you know, multiply services really is, this could be a driver for you to say, hey, now's the time for us to open up new services. Mm, this is a good one. Resurface and restripe. It sounds expensive. Yeah, this could be. So this is where in the article I qualify. I kind of I sucked you in with saying without breaking the bank, this fifth one could actually break the bank. Uh, but actually, you might be you know surprised uh, you know at what you know how you know actually how little it is to. Um, to resurface your parking lot and to actually restripe it. So what you want to do is find a civil engineer who special who could do a a parking study. And a lot of times churches are dealing with older um, parking regulations, or or frankly, uh, when they were building it, they just kind of rushed in and tried to figure out how many you know they just kind of did a quick design and didn't actually. Uh, figure out, well, how can we maximize the number of cars that we can get in here? What's a more efficient way to do this? And actually finding a civil engineer to help you with this could be, um, you know, could be a good, uh, you know, good practice. We did this at one of our campuses at Liquid, where we were, were frankly down a little bit. And we ended up, um, we ended up finding 15% more parking just wow. by redesigning our parking. So now it's not always the case, uh, but there may be an opportunity there for you. And, you know, investing in a resurfaced parking just doesn't make it look amazing. Like it really does, uh, you know, you don't, you don't need to pull up all the existing stuff 
and you know put down new blacktop literally you're just doing like you know when you you kind of paint the uh put a new layer of tar on top and then and then repaint it it really does look fantastic and it may not be as much you know it's going to be in the tens of thousands of dollars it's not going to be necessarily in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to do depending on the size of your parking lot so um you know actually chasing that down finding out what that might be again there may be volunteers in your church who do all this work that could help uh and help you reduce the cost but uh but that you really should think about that if if uh there's an opportunity for you to get more space uh, to present a better kind of public facing opportunity. There's a lot of church parking lots out there that look frankly really crappy. Uh, and so redoing this could be a great kind of both public, uh, facing thing and also, uh, give you some more space. Awesome. All right, Rich, before we sign off, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, so at the bottom of this resource, we've got a three-part PDF pack that I would love. That's a lot of P's in one sentence if you scroll mm. down and click on that link. There's three PDFs that really are around this growth pinch. So one of them is five ways your parking lot might be holding back the redemptive potential of your church. Another is five factors that you uh, should move to, to adding another uh, weekend service or 21 easy ways for your church to be first-time guest-friendly. These PDFs could be used as discussion starters around this issue in your church. So, um, you know, if you want to kind of talk with various team leaders about this, they may help you uh, think through this issue. So all you got to do is click in there, enter your email address, we'll send them over to you. Uh, that would be a great next step for you. Awesome. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. You can see the full article in our other podcast at unseminary.com.